Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and on this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we have special guest Ted from Nerd Immersion, who is in my Rod of Seven Parts game, and we talk about D&D video games and streaming Dungeons and Dragons versus just like playing with your friends at home, and we talk a little bit about the Rod of Seven Parts, so I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle. And today I have a very special guest, uh, the famous, the the uh, heart anime face thumbnail gentleman himself, Ted from Nerd Immersion is here. Uh, and he's going to talk about all things D&D. Welcome, Ted. Wow. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that lovely, lovely introduction. So, wow. so exciting. So exciting. And uh, there is stuff going on in chat. Thank you for chatting. Um, I have a hard time running a show, talking to a guest, and reading the chat, so I will do my best to get all of that. Usually Lucian prods me when he's like, you should answer that. Um, but yeah, welcome. So uh, starting off, uh, thank you again for, for guest hosting and being here. Very excited to have of you. Uh, Ted is a cast member on our new show, The Rod of Seven Parts, hosted on yes. your Twitch channel, Nerd Immersion. Correct. Yes. Um, you also have the YouTube channel, Nerd Immersion, I do. Tell yeah. us, tell us about that. What's going on? Uh, what do you do? What, what uh, for people that might not know who sure. you are and what nerd immersion is? Let us know. Uh, okay. Well, you know, we started way back in like 2014, 2015 as like a cosplay convention coverage channel. Okay. Uh, I was wow. doing cosplay tutorials. You can find them. They're still there. I didn't remove them. If you feel like deep diving, there's that. Uh, then I was doing like, uh, review stuff here and there unboxings of like all the collector's editions that i'd spend too much money on um and then i did a cooking show for a little while there's like an eight episode cooking show really called cosplay gourmet where my wife dressed up in costume and made from scratch themed food that okay um, that's like that, so they say when you are starting out on youtube you need to find like a niche within a niche yeah and that's really good because that's like <laughs> like cosplay and cooking and you're like yeah okay, i mean there's an audience like we the first episode was like ghostbusters right you know that i have a big thing for ghostbusters so she dressed up in all my like my ghostbusters gear and made like marshmallows and twinkies from scratch like mm-hmm. that was you know, that kind of a thing um anyway then i eventually started doing D D stuff and i was still doing back and forth both before i was just like man there's I really wish I'd listened to my wife when she told me start doing only D&D stuff much earlier. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then I switched to D&D only, and I was doing gameplay stuff on this channel. And I was actually doing a weekly D&D news show for about two years. Oh, wow. Or before Wizards was doing D&D stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was doing it every week because I was like, there is so much stuff that happens that mm-hmm. people just don't know about. Yeah. That's kind of what, uh, the Saturday morning show, like we were going through our format and we always start with news because, uh, we're like, people want to know. And, and it's easier. I feel to get a nice little, like 20 minute recap, as opposed mm-hmm. to actually ingesting all of the wizards podcasts and stuff that they're putting out and things. So. Yeah. I was focusing mostly on just like, you know, I would do like unearthed arcana stuff yeah. when it came, when it came out. Right. For a while it was every month and then it was every week before I transitioned to like this needs to be its own set of videos. It's not something I can bake into something else because it'll take forever. 
Uh, and then it slowly transitioned. Now it's mostly top 10 D&D related stuff covering things that you might not know exist, like rules and little uh, different kinds of things that you might just miss out on. Uh, basically rereading the Dungeon Master's Guide and be like, do you know this rule was in there? Yeah. Uh, probably not, because if you didn't read this line, you wouldn't know. Um, and then, you know, just kind of, I've been, a big thing that people like is my opinion on what's broken in 5e and how mm. to fix it. Um, and, you know, obviously that's a touchy subject in and of itself. Because there are plenty of people like, everything's fine. It's yeah. just, you're just the worst. It's the perfect addition. Yeah. Or like, oh, finally you're fixing something that is broken. And I was like, everything that I fixed is because several people have been like, please fix this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not just something that I'm like, mm, yep, that one. That one needs to be fixed. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Too funny. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So you guys, uh, uh, Ted's floating around in chat there. I think you can right click yes. his name and go to his channel and you should do that and subscribe because uh, you actually make really awesome, really great content. I like it a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. So I do enjoy, you. I enjoy watching. I enjoy your opinions. As you were saying, people like your opinions and I yeah. also like enjoy your opinions and stuff, especially um, uh, a lot of the videos that I really like that you do are when uh, back before Xanathars came out, you were covering Unearthed Arcana. And then when yeah. Xanathars did come <clears throat> out, you were like, let's compare the two to kind of see what changed and why. And yeah. is that more balanced or is it less fun or things like that? And so that was that was fun to watch. So I like this. Yeah, I mean, if we ever, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But <clears throat> if we ever get a class book with all the stuff that we just, that, that all the new Unearthed Arcana yeah. that has come out, I plan to do the same thing. Yeah. Because we've already seen it in the thing that was released early, but maybe not, but kind of was, and then immediately taken down and then put back out a week later with the love domain that got changed to the unity yeah. domain. Yeah, so. we talked about that on this show, too, where <clears throat> it really it kind of felt like it was almost an experiment where they're like, is the, I think is so. the community going to blow up that this is like manipulation domain more than love domain but like valentine's day let's try and then they oh yeah sorry like i don't know yeah it was weird because a lot of people don't know and i wish i grabbed it was it was public like uh, somebody found it early through yes. the very clever changing the name of like wizardsmedia.com slash wizards dnd slash subclasses part two yeah which is exact what the previous one was <laughs> but just changing the one to a two so yeah. it wasn't like subclasses part one to subclasses part two. So it wasn't rocket science to figure it out. No, no, yeah. But it was published on the Wizards website for all of about 20 minutes. Like it was there on their official site the day, like probably 12 hours after it leaked. Mm -hmm. And then it was pulled down and everything disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, I felt like it was just like, a, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And it built so much more hype for it. Yeah. Oh, to yeah, release yeah. it and then pull it and then release it again. Yeah. No, in, anyway. a, in a way, it's kind of like that Eberron cover where, mm -hmm. like, right, that exactly. Leaked, and then and then they were just like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. covers are never really finished. And I'm like, that except was for the every finished other... cover because you sent it to Amazon and things like that. Like, yeah, you except for literally yeah. every other cover you've it's ever released done. ever. You've never changed it. And now you're just like, so we're changing it. Yeah. So too funny. Mm -hmm. um, but we are a d and new show, uh, and we kind of talk about the news of D&D, &D. and uh, last week there was speculation. I think the CEO of Hasbro said that mm -hmm. they were going to come out with a big announcement, but yes. it was more for shareholders than it was for, like, consumers. Um, yeah. 
Because it was at like a show, like a trade show or something. And he was basically New York like, Toy Fair is yeah. this weekend right yeah. now. So uh, there, so that happened on Friday. He they announced, and uh, without boring you, basically they said we're working on a bunch of D and D themed video games. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's D and D rules turned into a video game, whether that's uh, like I don't know, taking a published story and making an RPG out of it, or or doing lots of Forgotten Realms content, they want to use those that intellectual property to make a and D video game and they want to do one each year for five years. And Baldur's Gate three is part of that plan, I think. And there are mm-hmm. other, other, you know, irons in the fire. Uh, right. But those of us who are excited for new books and new content like that, we're kind of like, Oh, but it makes sense because video games generate a lot of money. And although the tabletop community is huge, I think, Maybe, maybe wisely. I don't know if I should use the word wisely, but like the Hasbro CEO probably sees numbers and he's like, AAA game title is going to do mm. this for us. Whereas like, you know, a new Xanathar's Guide is going to do this for us. So, so <clears throat> I read that article that came out. I read the whole doc, not just the article, but the actual <clears throat> like, like what public said. release okay. from the, the analysts meeting. So... They said that the revenue numbers for D&D was in the double digits Mm -hmm. this year. The watch time on YouTube and Twitch was up 50% from the previous year. Mm -hmm. And what they originally said was they have big digital plans for Dungeons & Dragons that was going to be announced at a Hasbro analyst meeting at New York Toy Fair yesterday. So digital plans sounds a lot different than video games. Because you could have just stated video games so we know like you said Baldur's gate 3 is coming out i think there's a trailer coming out in five days there's dark alliance which is the really poorly shot like (gasps) what a garbage trailer with like with like bruner and driz just like like that looks like garbage i don't want to play it it made me laugh so much where i'm like Mm -hmm. what Uh, what so yeah yeah, so I and so many others, because I made a video covering basically the same thing, saying like, okay, maybe it's a digital tool set for yeah. D&D. Now, obviously, we have D&D Beyond, right? That's kind of, they put a lot of money into that, but maybe they're going to buy it from fandom to make it first party. Maybe they're going to release their own streaming service, like for D&D with integration directly, you know. No, if you or took like a, D&D Beyond and Roll20... And, yep, and made sure. it like Wizards of the Coast themed that had all of these maps, overlays, and I, you know, things like that, uh, and do a monthly subscription. Like, yep. I know hundreds, thousands of streamers that would be all about that, like making it more immersive for your audience. And then not mm-hmm. only not only streamers, but just like, I want to play with, you know, Ted from Kentucky, like, blah, blah, sure. blah. Not that you're from Kentucky, but no, I, not, I, I but just pulled a random state and a random name. That's that fine. I happened to be that anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, like, that would have been a great call or again maybe it's not a streaming service maybe it's kind of like we were just talking about like we use zoom yeah. for video chat maybe it's a like a, a video chatting software that has integration to D beyond you'd still stream on whatever medium you stream on mm-hmm. but like this is something that has what like maybe it has overlays in it that you can put on the screen for character sheets or whatever mm-hmm. um so that would have been a good idea but then i was like well if they're gonna go video games maybe it's a new mmo Right, yeah. Neverwinter. The MMO is old, and it's it not, started it as fourth. Good, I'm gonna say, and it was a <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> it was a four E 
game. They just recently, like eight months ago, removed all of the 4E stuff from the game. Like in how? that, like, like it was the Oathbound Paladin. Oh, right, right. It's right. now just called the Paladin. It was the Scourge Warlock. It's now just the Warlock. Yeah. So anything that was a 4E reference has been cut. But it is still timed, like, and all the moves are still based on the same thing. Yeah. They actually removed the whole part where players could create content in the game, like, create their own missions. They pulled that all out. Oh. So the kind of stuff they pulled out. Yeah, I, so maybe I really it's wanted to like MMO. that game. And I, I yeah. gave it a college try because I played a lot of MMOs back in the day, and I was really mm-hmm. into D&D. And I was like, oh, they're going to, like, this is, this is what I want. It's a marriage of both worlds. Uh, and I, but I just didn't like it. I really, yep. I mean, every class felt the same. I played the cleric and it felt exactly like the wizard and it felt exactly mm-hmm. like the ranger. And I was like, eh. Um, and then I actually ended up trying uh, D&D Online, which is super old, the, but still has a really the, large fan base. The, um, yeah, the three, I think that was the third edition yeah. version. And that, that's got some charm still. It's pretty fun, but. Eh. Yeah. Um, so I know you had said, you know, everybody wanted books, right? So we know the Matt Mercer book, the Wild Mount book's coming mm-hmm. out in a month. Mm-hmm. And then they released that Laurel Silverhand before that, the guide to whatever dice set. Did you see yep. that? Yep. So, right, obviously that's not, I don't think, a direct tie to Matt. They oh, said no, it's no, not no, tied no. to it's a, a wild campaign. Out. Absolutely not, because that's a Forgotten Realms name. Right, exactly. everything, yeah. It feels like that's the dice set that goes along with whatever's down. Because they're, the, they're coming out on the same day, mm-hmm. both of those. So... Back in December, I don't know if you had seen the announcement that um, there's going to be a compilation book coming out this year, similar to a um, Ghost of Salt Marsh or um, okay, not Tales of the Bounty Portal. Yes, yeah, but it's going to be written by different people. Like Deborah Ann Wall is writing an adventure, and Kate Welch is writing an adventure. It's going to be like people in like famous celebrity people in the D and D community are writing the adventures in this book. So not they updated now- <laughs> adventures like we've had before, but like new, I new adventures, but like it- you could play this level four adventure and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it will be old stuff. I don't know what realm it's going to be set in, but they did say that that was going to come out. So everybody was thinking that was the tie to the Laurel Silverhand thing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's a set of adventures that are set in the forgotten realms and it's those, and that's that book. So they announced that book, uh, but that obviously isn't what we're getting. And it looks like they're on about a three to four book a year release schedule. So we got one in March. If they're going to do D&D Live again in like May, like they have been doing. So last year, Ghosts of Saltmarsh came out in like March. And then they had Baldur's Gate Descend into Avernus was the focus of D&D Live but like everybody who showed up got a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh mm-hmm. because that was the book that was out. And then Baldur's Gate didn't come out till November. And then Eberron came out like the same time. Yeah. So I think if we're going to get another book, if they decide to do the live thing, which I think they're going to, um, that book will be the focus. There'll be a book that's a focus of that, which may be this compilation adventure for later in the year. And I think we're going to get a, I do think we're going to get a class book. Yeah. No, I think, I think just the amount of, uh, Unearthed Arcana that's coming out, like there's, there's, and, and Xanathar sold so well for them because that's something that players want. Uh, players are not always buying adventure books because right. there's DMs no reason are buying to adventure really. Books. And so, yeah, when you, when you look at, you have a table of 
of six people at a table, one of them's a DM, you could sell six Xanathar's books, class books, or you could sell one out of the abyss. And, right. and it's just kind of like, well, why don't we do this? So, um, no, I, they, that makes a lot of sense. It's, I don't know. I, I'm hope I really want to go to D and D live this year. Um, and we'll see. And back to your, you were saying like, you think that they're going to do a D and D live. Uh, Greg Tito said he was replying to maybe it's like, uh, Ginny from her, uh, YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. and I think she was saying something, about blah 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 and he was like well why don't you do that at D live and it was just kind of like a whatever passive kind of comment but it sort of confirmed that they're doing a D live at some point they just haven't announced it so well i mean at this point it's roughly three months away depending on because they usually do it in may yeah you think um, that they would get the hype now like people got to get hotels and things like that like i don't know well like i got i got the call to go at like mid mid april and it was the first week of May. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, and like, that was everybody. Yeah. So like, everybody's like, did you get a hotel? No. Did you like, where are they? <laughs> and I was just like, I found one that was in walking distance. So I was like a God. And everybody's like, I want your room. Like, who's yeah. jumping in? Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, it's, we had, so we had Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Then we had Volos, which was a, a monster slash race book. Mm-hmm. Then we had Xanathar's. Then we had Mordenkainen's, which was a monster slash race book. So this should be the class book this year. Is the way if okay. they're keeping that if you want to go trend. Through, yeah. And the last time, like you had said at the beginning, they released, they were doing Unearthed Arcana every week to get new classes out before Xanathar's. And we haven't, it's been every week, but it's been more frequent with all these subclass based things. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be planar in nature, mm-hmm. right? Like all of the sorcerers are tied to a plane. Oh yeah, like, like the the mechanist, mechanist or yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that the since they're trying to and everything, which is something that they're trying to do, is that every book that's not an adventure is supposed to be a book that you could find in the world in the Forgotten Realms as a book. Mm-hmm. That's why it's Morden Canaan's Tome of Foes. That's a book you could find. Volo's Guide to Monsters. I don't know how you'd find Xanathar's Guide to Everything, but whatever. Um, so this book, I'm thinking, is going to be something plainer something, mm-hmm. and it's the subclass book. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, characters from D&D that are, like, plainer travelers. Elminster's like, Plainer Guide of Plainer. And yes. maybe, I don't know if they will ever, ever, like... I don't know. Use big bees. It, like I feel like they use something well, like they that use, more they than use they would use Morden Canaan, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I think that Wizards of the Coast really likes Drist. And they do. Really, kind of like Elminster's there, but we know he's this like. Yeah, but they don't invite God- R. A. Salvatore to D and D Live, but they invite Ed Greenwood. Oh, so they I did. Don't oh, okay. The first year they did. All right. I don't know. <clears throat> the water, the water deep year. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. That wasn't the first oh, so, year. That no, was, so second uh, year. Second yeah, year. Yeah. They invited. Yeah, he was there. Okay. Um, but like, I think I he was know, there. Just Elminster as a character, they don't, he, I don't know. They don't super acknowledge him, but. He's also, I, I mean, I love Ed Greenwood's work and I love the Forgotten Realms, but Elminster's stuff, it's just, he's so good at everything. That's the thing. Yeah. He's like, just not a, it's hard to write a challenging, like when the spell plague is happening and magic's all messed up, like. 
that makes sense. Then it's a good character because can't use magic. Yeah. Unless you're Elminster, you probably you kind of can't. No, yeah. But I was thinking of the time <clears throat> of Troubles when magic was also messed up. And right. he was like, but I, I just kind of prayed to Mistra and, and I'm, I'm fine. It. And he's yeah, casting all so. these spells. And I was like, ah, so we were going to have a forgotten. I still want to do this, but we were going to have a forgotten realms book club where mm. we like read a book collectively as a community. And then we, and then I would live stream with like certain patrons or, or other YouTubers or something like that. And we just kind of talk about the book with the chat. Um, and we started with the time of troubles, like oh. trilogy of books and that was mistake Umero Nuno. Like, it was so bad. And mm. uh, I got about halfway through the book, and I'm like, I don't think I can read this, guys. And, like, it just wasn't happening. Uh, and so I want to do this again, but I want to filter out the bad books and choose, like, a really good one. <laughs> I would choose – I honestly, I'd stay the Crystal Shard, right? Yeah. The first the, – well, it's the first <clears> – the first canonically – or numera- numerically released book. Oh, but not uh, the first yeah. in the series. Yeah. Because <clears throat> originally, Wolfgar was going to be the hero. and uh, Instead of Drist. It's a Drist novel yeah. for those who don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Wolfgar was going to be the hero. And then the publishers were like, yeah, he's good. But like, what else you got? Yeah. And then, then he went, he wrote that whole trilogy. And then he went back and wrote Drist's backstory after that fact. So, um, and I mean, they're just, there's going to be the Dark Alliance game. They just released a Drizzt and Guinevar Funko Pop, mm-hmm. or that's going to be coming out. So I think that's where it's going. They want to um, just make maybe it'll be Drizzt's Guide to the Plains. Somebody said Mink's Guide to the Plains. I'd buy that book. Oh yeah, I would buy that book in a heartbeat. That would be awesome. Um, and he has planar travel. So going to kind of focusing back on video games for a second, since we're talking about all these properties, uh, what what kind of a video game do you want to see? Like like <laughs> if they're going to release five in the next five years. I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 is, I mean, I'm hyped for that. Like, I think it'll be fun and exciting. Like, I like I like the isometric RPGs of Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. But Dark Alliance, I'm like, I could take it or leave it. We'll see when some gameplay trailers come out. But uh, what, what, do you, what do you want Wizards to make? So, you know, a game that I really liked growing up um, was Champions of Norath. Did you ever play that one? I don't think I have, um, no. it was. It was, you know, it was a similar kind of like top-down I'm trying to think, uh, you know, uh, a beaten, uh, you know, it's kind of like a beat em up style game where you did have, you did level up and you did, you know, have ability scores and things like that. And you could get different abilities. Um, I'm trying to think of a good corollary to it. I guess, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it, it was more hack and slash, but still kind of like isometric style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. I, I, you know, I don't really know where I'd go. I, I think like a Skyrim, I mean, from, but Forgotten Realms or something. Yeah, like a first, like a first person. I mean, maybe that's what that Dark Alliance is supposed to be. I don't know. I can't yeah. really tell. Um, but what I would do, I, I think you'd be smart to do because you just need you're trying to do varied content. I guess maybe like a real time strategy game. Okay, D and D RTS. I don't. I don't like real-time strategy games that much, but there are a lot of people who do. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about StarCraft for the next. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, okay, listen, I was a big, (laughs) I was a big fan of StarCraft one. So like I did enjoy StarCraft, but like that style of game makes some sense. Like to me, you could do it. I don't know how you'd I mean, other than just like, here's troops. And like, maybe you theme it after like some major battle in the forgotten realms lore. You could, there's like, you know, I don't know. 
But no, you could do creatures. orcs, humans, elves, and then Dwarves. they each have champions that are the like known figures of that of the um of the Forgotten Realms. And so, you know, you have like this, I don't know, I can't think of any, but like this huge orc chieftain or something, and then he, right. he leads your orcs and stuff. So Yeah. I, I mean like, exactly like Warcraft three, but Yeah, I mean there's again in the history of just the Driz novels alone and like the Silver Marches and and up that way, you had the drows came to the surface and fought everybody. Mm-hmm. And you had the orcs come down from the spine of the world. And then there's all the dwarves in Mithril Hall and then, you know, all that. And so there's a plenty of options you could do that have existed in the history of the realms to do that, right? You could bring up maybe Undead from Thay if you want to go that route. So you have cool. options. Um, again, it's not something I'm particularly interested in, but I could see it having a market. Yeah. To pull in the RTS group and be like, oh, this is really cool, these these units or this hero. What's this about? Oh, D&D, mm-hmm. you could do the, like, and then try to get into D&D through yeah. that route. Wow, so. there's a lot of lore. If only there was a channel where I could learn oh, more about all of this. Yeah, that's, that's going to be it's a my thing. Long, it's my long-term game plan, Ted. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, you know what's kind of, it's dumb, but like a stupid, like uh, like a Hearthstone type thing. actually would, with the popularity of card games right now and Magic the Gathering doing so well, and the Magic the Gathering uh arena arena is getting a mobile version soon right that and if you you already me. you already have ravnica right mm-hmm. the crossover so like again no particular interest myself but it's a smart business that decision is very smart yeah i i yeah yeah i totally see that i don't know uh I, cool. again a good an mmo could be good maybe never winter nights three because honestly just because of the name yeah like like Baldur's Gate three is coming out, right? We had Icewind Dale one, Icewind Dale remastered, Icewind Dale two is out there. If you're gonna try to keep building Drizzt into everything, make an Icewind Dale three mm-hmm. in the same vein of a Baldur's Gate three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have Warriors of Waterdeep as their mobile game that exists right now. Um, I, I tried I, it. Mm. I really. Part of me, and I guess we're, this is turning into a video game podcast, but that's fine. Uh, right. Part of me really feels that MMOs are dead. Like, I know WoW Classic came out and everyone went, like, crazy for it. And they're they're playing that. And I know Final Fantasy XIV is doing well, but, like, every other one seems to be free to play. And they're not sure yep. how to, like, keep a, a community going around it and things like that. So, I don't know. But three dragon anti mobile, yeah. Uh, listen, that you're right. I mean, that's definitely an option. I mean, they just released three dragon anti platinum edition, uh, the actual physical board game, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. And this one, for the first time ever, which was stupid to not, has rules for how to bake in your character's abilities to play the actual game, so you could play it in character. Yeah, and like, oh, I, I'm a rogue with proficiency in deception. I can do this thing once a game. Yeah, but that would be good. I don't I don't really I mean, like maybe there's an adventure like a Witcher style mm, okay. single player, you know, or like a fable or better yet, you know what? Okay, hang on, I got it. They just hired a whole bunch of people from BioWare. Yeah. Granted, it's Anthem BioWare, so take that with a grain of salt, not like OG, but like give me like a Kotor 
but with the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Like, I build a party of people. My choices affect the gameplay. That would sell, like a Dragon Age or something like that, where it's a long, spinning RPG with a lot of different characters and romance options and dark side, light side choices, Mm -hmm. and it tells a story. Again, please don't make it Drizzt. Yeah, Mass Effect. Don't make it Drizzt. Make it, I make my character... And maybe I do, maybe there's like a moment where like I do a mission or I interact with Drizzt or yeah. somebody, you know, yeah, but the they're going to make it, you, you play as Drizzt with Catabri and, and Wolfgar. And, and that's, and that's what I don't want either, because part of the charm of D and D is making your own characters. Like yes. you want to, you want to have those characters be involved in the realms and do cool stuff. So that, that would be, that would be the game that I would play. There you go. Okay. I don't, I've I've come up with a lot of good. You hear me, wizards? I came up with a lot of good business decisions for I'm you. Sure, they listen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the one that I would play personally would be the one where I my long running Dragon Age Mass Effect type game, where I make my character. I get to choose races like Dragon Age One, where I get to pick like if I'm an elf or a dwarf or whatever that impacts different background and like. Really, honestly, just take Dragon Age Origins and make it D and D, and give it the graphical power of now, mm-hmm. and that would be a game that would sell. That would sell to D and D fans. That would sell to adventure fans. That would sell to Bioware fans. Like that would be a good marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. And again, you could put lore books in the game that you could find in a library. Right, it gives you a little bit of snippet and like. Oh, maybe there's more to this. That's cool. With a YouTube link that goes to a certain channel. Yes. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, are you listening, Wizards? Uh, yeah. I, I'm I free for freelance. I, uh, Neverwinter Nights mm. is probably my favorite PC game. And I liked how it was a really good reflection of the 3.5 rule set. Well, I shouldn't say really good, but like it was it's a reflection. Decent, though. Feats and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, although a lot of people are half back and forth on this i i personally would like a neverwinter nights 3 it doesn't have to be neverwinter nights but like uh using the fifth edition like actual rule set and actually have random number generators that are doing dice rolls behind Mm. the scenes and allowing creators to build um stories and games that they could then upload to whatever and and if you want to make it really cool like do a dm's guild only make it so I could sell this adventure that I coded in Neverwinter Nights 3 for like a couple dollars or something. And then they take a skim off the top and I don't know. Yeah. You know, well, so it's funny you mentioned that because there was a game out there, um, a mobile game for Call of Cthulhu. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I met with the folks who developed it at Gen Con a couple of years ago and it was a mobile game. Right. And it was like a choose your own adventure style Cthulhu game. Right. So mm-hmm. obviously the, you're stranded on a back road and you get to a town and, Cthulhu stuff's happening, right? And it had um, it had a spinner, right? That was the random number thing. Like, it had a thing that would spin around, and based on your character's stats, like, the space you would try to get the arrow to land in would be bigger, right? If you were good at it or bad at it. Okay. And that was your random number. So it did, you would hit it and try to stop it, so it did have some level of interaction. And you would go through it, and if you survived, then you could go on to the next adventure. And then maybe you play as the same character, who's good with a gun, but this character's better at investigation, whatever it is, right? And one thing they were doing was they did actually have a mobile development like group where you could download, if you got into it, the tool set to make your own adventures and then upload it to their store 
and then people could download your game, you would get a cut of it, and then people could play your adventure. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And like that that medium exists yeah. in other games that are simpler than like a Neverwinter Nights. And you're right. It would this you'd be stupid to not integrate whatever you're making with what you already have. Mm-hmm. You have digital tool sets, you have a digital distribution site in the DMs guild. You know, people are playing your games, they're doing stuff on their computer, right? We're pretty much, you know, also you'd be, uh, why don't you release PDFs? I get why, but like, release PDFs of your books. Come on, people want these. They're getting them illegally anyway. You can make some money off of this. Um, But yeah, you're right. If I play whatever this game is, Neverwinter Nights 3, and then like I could sit down at a table and have a fundamental understanding of the mechanics of the game. So like I could like, and that'd be again, a great way to get people in. Like, yes. Oh, I played it on the computer. Let me go play it at the table. Yeah. And now you're just like, Oh, I have to roll dice rather than just swing my sword. But like, if you see that, like in Neverwinter Nights, you would actually see like, mm-hmm. Oh, he rolled this and that's why I missed. And right. Exactly. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And you could, yeah. I don't know, you could just build cool. I don't know. I, that's what no, I want to see because they tried to do that with, I think it was sword coast legends. Yeah. It was a steam game and I was so hyped for that. And it was, not uh-huh. good. it just wasn't, well, I, I ended I up finishing it. the game. I played through it because I was curious about it, but like it was, uh, as, I don't know. It had this whole idea where you could be the dungeon master and then your players and could like, the- yeah. And you could drop monsters on the fly. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And granted, I've never actually played that. Uh, it's part of the game because I haven't met a lot of people who own it and want to play it with me, uh, which is maybe something I should do with like the channel. Like, hey, do you guys want to play Sword Coast and whatever? But anyway, it it had potential, but it was not the fifth edition rule set that everyone was excited for. It was totally a uh, skill tree kind of system, yep. and it had the names of Eldritch Blast and Fireball, but you had to go through your skill tree and yeah. But. I actually, because I was, that was when I was starting to try to do streaming for um, for 5th edition, right? When Princes of the Apocalypse came out, that had dropped. I actually went out and bought a five-player set of, like, keys for that. So that I could be the DM and I could mm-hmm. have four players. And I gave them to everybody. And I was like, this is so cool. We'll do it this way rather than just, like, through roll 20 I'll build it in here and we can play the game, but like people will want to see it because it's like a video game. And I was just like, that was garbage. Mm -hmm. It was not as easy as I thought. It didn't replicate the game. Well, there was no, like you could, you're not going to have role play moments in Mm -hmm. this video game. So I just threw it out. (laughs) Um, so moving on, I guess. Yes. Talked a lot about video games. Uh, I wanted to talk about D and D as entertainment because you stream a lot of games. You, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, not necessarily podcasting, but it's kind of the same thing. You're running a game, you're creating a a file that somebody could listen to later on. Uh, how, how many, how many games, how many streams are you running on Twitch or have you run in the past? Like, like you've been doing this for a while, correct? You've got a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire. Yes, I've been doing this for about pretty much around the time 5th edition launched. So okay. probably close to four to five years I've been doing this kind of a thing with a couple failed attempts very early on that do still exist if you search around. Um, so I've pretty much run either in stream form. Um, I started with Lost Minds of Fandelver. Okay. Um, that was the first game that I ran. 
with the stuff we talked about before the stream with those folks that I grabbed from Adventures League. Yeah. Um, and like a buddy of mine who I've known since I was three. We were like, let's play this game. And like we finished the book. And I was like, okay, do you guys want to start new characters and start a whole new game? Or do you want to keep these characters and I'll just make something up? And they're like, I really like our characters. Let's keep them and let's go. And in that time, um, Sword Coast Adventures Guide had come out like towards the end of that. So like we were a little late to the start on it. Um, but I ran that for like 50 something episodes, that campaign. It was a good, it was a good time. And then like that campaign ended abruptly. And then we said like, you know what, maybe we should focus on playing through all the pre-written stuff because people that are new are going to want to get into that. So we've done Out of the Abyss, Tomb of Annihilation, Storm King's Thunder, Curse of Strahd. Um, Tomb of Annihilation. Yep. Uh, we did T Tyranny of Dragons, Princess of the Apocalypse. Um, I think that's all of the ones that we've done. So we didn't basically do the Waterdeep stuff, but gotcha. more maybe soon on that Waterdeep um, and dungeon of the mad mage no yeah i'm definitely not doing dungeon of the mad mage like dungeon probably League not too soon too new or too everybody's doing it yeah yeah you know um ac inc is fun like i would love to do that but i just finished that uh yeah i was gonna say yeah you, it's... uh we we just ran the last battle uh, uh tuesday or something um so i just finished it this last week uh and i got into D D with acquisitions incorporated so i thoroughly enjoyed the adventure and i liked the downtime activities of it and things like that and it's something that i want to rerun at some point mm. because it's short like you could i don't know you could do it if you want to if you want to like stream it quickly like i think you could get it done in like eight sessions like two up two months or something like that mm. so that could be a lot of fun but anyway i thought it was really well written i liked uh the humor yeah and and that's and that's part of the reason why I would have to pick and choose who I was going to run or play it with, because I feel like you're only gonna you're gonna get the most out of it if you know Akink. Yes, right. Yeah. Like obviously anybody could sit down and play D and D. Yeah, but like people that know Akink are going to get the most out of the characters and the humor. And like if I mention the mention the New Hampshire Dark Magics to the general person, they're going to be like, "What?" Yeah. But like people that know it are going to be like, "I know what that is." Yep. Like um so that's that's something and i like the mechanics and i like the new race and all the stuff introduced in it and like i got to actually have a conversation with uh jerry holkins about it and he just like was just geeking out over every page nice. just like flipping through that book and he was just like like giggling like a little kid to see his work in print and it was just like the most heartwarming thing um and that's actually, again, like I told you, the idea that we have in Route of Seven Parts of the donations of the Ultimates and all that. Uh -huh. um, I actually talked to him about that when we had that meeting. And he was just like, I wish I'd thought of Reliquary. It's so much cooler than Cauldron, which was like the idea that like I use that stuff in my game. And he was like, that's amazing. It's great. Let's talk about it. That's fun. That's fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've, I've probably done... I've got something like over 700, probably almost close to a thousand D and D videos on the internet right now. Wow. If you go through my channel um, and uh, hundreds upon hours of content from everything from streams to, you know, all the other stuff we talked about. And it's interesting because I, I have two mindsets when I come to making content on, on Dungeons and Dragons and playing a game, it goes one of two ways. This is really fun let's keep it for us mm -hmm. or this is really fun. We should share this with everybody. Mm -hmm. 
Because it's just like, I could be running this right now for you guys in my house and we'll have a blast. But I could put a camera on us and then share it with other people and they can enjoy it too. But then there's also the pressure of like, okay, it's now entertainment. Got to beat your war on the internet. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. You know, just be mindful of the space that we're in. Um, You know, and like at the same time, if you're playing a home game and somebody's had like seven beers and they're just like at the table and it comes to their turn, they're like, what? Oh, I attack. I miss. They just go back to this. <laughs> you can do that in a home game. Yeah. But on a stream game, no one wants to watch that. And that's, that's, that's the, the rub. That's the thing. Like I, I did not stream a lot of games for a long time because I really enjoyed just like, like beer and pretzels and yeah, sure. the, the jokes that we would have. Uh, and it was interesting going to Gen Con my first year, which was two years ago. And I was talking to a lot of people there and uh, I forget who exactly said this, but somebody was like, is, do you ever feel bad like running a D and D game or running an RPG and not recording it? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're almost like I could be doing something with this right now. Yep. And I was like, Oh, that's like, that's sad because it, it should just be fun. And you shouldn't be thinking like, Oh, that was really funny. I could have put it on the internet kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and so rod of seven parts is Jordan, I've done one shots and I've done other stuff on the internet, but this is the first time that I'm actually like, I want to make something for people to consume. Sure. And so we are all kind of being mindful about like, yes, we're playing a game, but like, we're also trying to be entertaining, you know, in a, in a, yep, yep. in some kind of a way. Uh, and it's, I don't know, like, and you also have games, which I thought was really interesting where you play at the table with like hanging mics and cameras like that. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like I would almost enjoy that more than trying to play via webcams. Uh, Although I like having all of my monitors and like opening windows and my notes and stuff like that, that I'm like, that's really useful Uh, rather than it's nice notebooks, but it's, you can get away with a lot more. I feel like on an online game, you can, and you can't, right. You can get away with a lot more. Like I can be like, well, let me look at my notes and I'm just doing this, but I don't have any notes. Yeah. yeah. But at the table, they're going to be like, you just, there's nothing there. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) But I can make like, oh, hang on. Let me, oh, you know what? That's in my other notebook. Let me go get that. Give myself two minutes to think about what I'm going to do right. while I walk to the other room to come back. I got to go to the bathroom. You're just like, or like, I can, oh I can be like, yes, let me, aha, yes, this <laughs> monster. I see. Yes, that's what it was. As I look on the DMs Guild or on some sort of homebrew website to mm-hmm. find something to throw at them. Um, so that's, that's the benefit of online stuff. I mean, at the same time, right? Sometimes there's always in the back of your mind as the DM, like, did you really roll that many natural 20s tonight? Yeah. Like, did you really? It would be nice to see your dice at the table kind of a thing. Right, because I've played, I've played, um, like, and I don't even, I don't look at my player's dice when I play at the table. I trust them. Yeah. But there's something different that you can tell about that. I mean, I've played roll 20 with the dice roller. Mm -hmm. And like everybody, but everybody who plays D&D has really cool dice that are their dice that they want to roll. Yeah. And like watching that little polygon roll across the screen is like, no one cares. Yeah. No, that was very, very specifically. I'm like, I want to roll real dice and I'm just going to trust you. Like if you want to take advantage of Jordan, you can. And if it comes to light, maybe I just won't invite you to my next game. But like, I think all of us really just want to roll dice and have fun. And so I don't know. And narratively, if you're like, well, I shouldn't say this out loud, but like in my mind, I'm just like, no, if it's like a, if we're at a clutch move, 
and you roll your dice and it's like an 18 and you want to tell me that it's a natural 20 because either way you're going to kill the monster but it's more epic this way i don't know it's one of those things where i'm like you just have to trust your players but that's again it's a performative aspect it's kind of weird i don't know yeah i hope that they don't do that but like in my mind i'm just like if they told me that later i'm like no dude that's fine it would have been so cool like (laughs) yeah i i mean i you know not like a not you know try to show off or anything, but I do roll a, a roll relatively high. The dice I have oh, that I use all the time all right. luck, luck do child. roll relatively, do roll relatively well. Yes. If I had to worship a deity of um, the forgotten realms in real life, time aura is like, we are, we are, we are tight. Um, <laughs> but uh, I roll relatively well and it's not uncommon for me to roll. And you could, I mean, you watch any of the streams, you'll see the amount of times that like I'll roll a die behind the screen and like, my face will just fall and my players are just like, this is another natural 20. Uh, and I was like, ah. the amount of times that I've like, but again, online, sometimes in person, people can see the dice or figure out what's going on, but I can mug behind here and be like, it's, it's a three. I can fudge the dice easier online than I can, you know, in person, I feel like. Uh, but the concept I do, I, I got to tell you playing at the table, and then being able to physically interact with people and then put that online feels good. Yeah. That's why I'm always so keen to try to get people when we're playing games online. Let's, if we're going to all be at a convention, let's do like, we'll play games for us, definitely. Mm-hmm. But let's play a game for the internet, but in person, because when is that ever going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And it never does. Yeah. Um, it happened no, one it's time. That's why I want to have, uh, I want to have like FriendCon where yeah. all of all of us D and D streamers, like well, podcasters, all these people that are doing D and D content, I want to, and uh, uh, Tia uh, uh, Tia Zimmer, my yeah, yeah. Uh, role play. She was like, "Dude, Vegas is the place to do that. You could like rent a house, and then everyone cheaps to our flights to Vegas are really cheap, and we could all fly to Vegas, and for like I don't know four days, we'll bring all of our streaming equipment, we'll get internet set up, and we'll just make." like content and play lots of games at a table and record it in all forms. And then we could like go back our separate ways and release it on our channels. And it would be so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, I'm a good friends with the venture maidens and mm-hmm. as you are as well, they actually did that. They did, um, like, I think it was like a big push and like through Patreon and whatever else they did a thing where they all basically like rented like a bed and breakfast house that yeah. was like, fantasy themed and they that's what they did they all brought they went there everybody got dressed up in costume right and they recorded the content in person together at that location i do think i mean not to plug nerdarchy con but a lot of us are going to be there i think that i mean that's not the purpose of it but that's a huge opportunity for a lot of us to put each other in the same room and sit down and let's make content Mm -hmm. even gen con Um, uh i'm gonna run a kids on bikes game for right. you and Celeste and Joe and LB Hackem up and Lucian, mm-hmm. my co-host here, um, yeah. because I've had this idea for a kids on bikes game and they were, you're all, I mean, Celeste especially was very excited. So I was like, Oh, yeah. that's great. She was really into it, but I'm bringing, a, I'm bringing a microphone. We're going to record that game. And sure. it's, you know, because I'm like, we need to, re- yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard it's, for me it's... to like fly with all of my video equipment too. I'm like, ah, but yeah. Ah, yeah. So I mean, fun. But we, no, Nerdarchy Con October, we definitely should do something like that. And yeah, maybe we should I actually mean, talk to Dave and be like, is this, can we, 
Like, will yeah. we have internet? Can we live stream something? Like, if somebody brings it's, some cameras, that would be awesome. I mean, I kind of imagine. I, we're all content creators. We have yeah. to think this kind of thing through. But yeah. I did it the first year I was at Gen Con, or maybe the second year. We found, like, a squirreled-off conference room mm-hmm. in a hotel. And we did actually stream an episode of our um, Princes of the Apocalypse game. Nice. We had three of the four cast there, and we streamed it on my laptop. Yeah. Like, with like a like a C920 and the laptop inborn camera oh. to you know uh, we used the L the C920's microphone cuz we didn't, the external mic stopped working so but like we did it and it was fun yeah. and it was awesome cuz like our other friends like were watching as like a live audience which was cool mm-hmm. and then like they went and got us beer during the <laughs> like it was really cool um i don't know i i like you but you're right there's something about playing at the table with people um, I, I am very thankful for the cast members that I have for Rod of seven parts, uh, because you're all phenomenal. And Aww. if that first episode is going to be any indication, I think it's going to go really interesting places. And I've already got like, like you were sending me some messages and Lex was sending me some messages after the game. And they're just like, so this is where I think my character is going to go. And I'm like, my, my brain's going to a, a, a thousand different places and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so if we could get. Uh, uh, probably Lex and is Brenna going to come to Gen Con? I think so. Yeah, if we can get Lex to come to Gen Con, even if we can't get Lex to gem- come to Gen Con, maybe we can Skype him in and yeah, actually something. like play at the table. That would be kind of fun. I'll I'll think about that. We'll try to do something. That'd be really cool to do a Gen Con yeah. episode of us. Um, yeah. But speaking of Rod of Seven Parts, uh, you're in a game that I'm running. I am. Yeah, we've I had am. one episode, so I'm like, I can't, like, how is it? Or things like that. But uh, uh, it was I, good, though. It was fun. Uh, we had a good time. It, first sessions are always kind of hard because everyone's getting to know each other. And, and a lot of us, uh, a lot of us know one another, but not everybody very well. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're figuring out play styles and things like that. Um, but I, <laughs> I feel silly that I didn't pick this up. I did not realize that your character was going to be like Jedi themed. Oh, yeah, 100%. And like... Now it's just funny to me. And uh, my so- <laughs> biggest my biggest regret is somebody posted it somewhere and I don't remember where um, was that I didn't say have a seat before I threw a chair at him. <laughs> like that that hurts my heart that I didn't think of that beforehand. I uh, have since written a script for my channel uh, on the lore of the Bladesiggers. And the more I was writing it, they're like these knights of goodness that protect the elves. And I was like, oh my gosh, they are Jedi. Uh-huh. Like they're 100% Listen, Jedi. I, I, I did my research on Blade Singers as best I could, looking through like old Candlekeep forum yeah. information that I could find. Um, and I didn't take it to the level because, right, there's different styles of Blade Singers, right? They yeah. use different weapons, it's a different style. So, like, I was like, oh, I could really dive into, like, the Jedi forms of lightsaber combat, but I'm not going that far. I'm just going to keep it pulled back. But, yeah, they do have a very Jedi feel yeah. to them. Even the, the – they get the name Blade Singer from the sound of their weapon going through the air. And it's yep. like, wow, wow. I mean, and all of a sudden, I, like, it's a Jedi. This is – how did I never see this? Like, so uh, you're playing Lagwin, the yes. uh, fighter one – uh, Blade Singer Four, so you're gonna wizard, correct? Uh, yes, but Fighter One just to get Action Surge and some other cool. Stuff. Actually, no, not even Action Surge. Oh, really? Don't what get do that want? till two. Um, oh, really? Uh, okay. Honestly, because I recognize, <laughs> so a little peek behind the character sheet here. First of all, 
we don't have a healer really and we don't have a nope. tank nope so i was just like someone's got to take hits <laughs> so if i'm gonna have a lightsaber i'm clearly gonna be a beacon that people are gonna come and want to hit me mm-hmm. so i said well if i start with a level of fighter that's gonna give me a d10 hit die but it's 10 because it's level one yeah so it's gonna give me more hit points it's going to give me proficiency in constitution saving throws. So mm-hmm. for concentration checks for wizards, con proficiency is good. Um, if I ever needed to wear heavy armor for whatever reason, I couldn't really walk in it because I have an eight strength, but I could wear it if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also second wind, a little bit of healing and a, a, a fighting style, which as you saw with my plus two sunblade and a fighting style, my weapon does a D8 plus yeah. eight damage. Yeah. Um, but mostly the Blade Singer. Because I stopped you. I'm just like, you did, <laughs> you, were, you did how much damage? And you're like, yeah, man, Sunblade, dueling. It's really awesome. I Plus see, four decks. I'm good. <laughs> I see that LB's in the chat. I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I I decided I was going to try something different. Like I said, Paladin is exactly what the party needed because it fit healer, it fit tank, it fit strength-based. We have nobody who's good at strength. We have minimal healing. And like, so my thought was I'll tank by evasion. Like, yeah. That's the plan. Just high AC, people will waste hits on me. I won't be able to absorb them like someone with a lot of hit points, but I'll be able to just have the hits miss me. That was yeah. the plan. Yeah. Um, it's plus, fun. I, it, we have very unique characters, which I'm excited yes. for. So I think, I think uh, um, I'm a big fan of D&D where everybody can play the class they want to. Mm-hmm. And then somehow making it work, and uh, in the in the not a super spoiler, but you guys found uh, a magic wand throughout the game, and it is a wand of cure wounds. And all I got after we finished the stream is like, "You gave us that because we don't have a healer." And da 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 da. And I'm like, "No, actually, that is the first section of this rod of seven parts that you're going to hopefully be searching for, and that's what it does." Like I didn't I didn't make that up, and so it's kind of like everything's just falling into place really well. And I, I, I'm yeah. excited. So, yeah, uh, we are in the process of getting art, character art. Yeah, developed. we're gonna get some character art for the stream, so that's gonna be so really that'll excited. be cool. So you guys get an idea of who everybody looks like, yeah, or what they look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already seen sketches of two of the characters, which nice. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's gonna be a blast. Uh, I've since talked to LB and Brenna to be like. So, well, LB is like, well, we've worked together. What did we do? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if we're going to reference things that we did in the past, maybe I should know. Yeah. And I was like, and Brenna, I'm with you because you're doing something and I'm helping you. Can you tell me what I'm helping you with? Yeah. <laughs> so I know if someone asks. So I've gotten like a little bit of background from both of them. So now I feel more and I'm just meeting Lex's character for the first time. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah and Lex and knows LB's character. And so there's connections there. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys are all kind of on different missions. That is also the same mission. And so we'll, right. we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I have never, I don't think I've run a game like that. Cause usually everybody's like the King ordered you to do this and blah, blah, blah. And you guys are like, okay, we're on a King's quest, but this is like, like something weird's going on and everyone has different angles to figure out what it does. Some are uh, selfish angles. Some are loyalty angles and things like that. So should be, should be fun and interesting. And like we very close uh, almost did a, you meet in a tavern scenario. Yes. We met outside the tavern first, then we went inside. Yeah. Um, 
really excited. Yeah. Um, and again, if you guys want to watch the Rod of Seven Parts, uh, we're going to stream it live on Wednesdays at 8.30 mm -hmm. Eastern on Ted's uh, Nerd Immersion channel. So twitch.tv slash Nerd Immersion. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we got some feedback that we need to like refine the audio a little bit. And so we will. Um, yes. The uh, VODs for that will be on Twitch, but it'll also be uploaded to Ted's second channel called Nerd Immersion Plays. Uh, yes. And if you subscribe to my channel, I will also be putting them in the community. Like I will be sharing them in my community feed that YouTube has that I don't think a lot of people realize that YouTube has. But if you go you to know, like a profile of somebody, you can go to the community tab and it's like it's like a Facebook stream of consciousness. People can post pictures and things like that. Or Well, just so can. you know, it's only it's I think 10,000 is the before you, you have to have 10,000 yes. or no yes. 5,000 whatever it is Something like before that, you yeah. can start posting mm -hmm. and then it's even more before you can start posting like pictures oh I didn't know like there's okay. a threshold yeah. so um not everybody has it which may be why you That's haven't true. seen it on certain channels but it will come up in your feed like on like if you're subscribed to the channel yeah. you'll see like the picture and you know uh I've seen that people like to respond to I post memes on my community feed a lot mm -hmm. of people love it yeah, it's fun. So um, you can do it polls. Does you can do all kinds of interesting stuff. Like yeah, you can yeah. link other people, and you can like tag people's channels mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, which is cool. So um, um, and also, uh, and then I'm gonna I'm taking the audio and making it into a podcast and putting it on Patreon, and that's really cool. If you guys want to support Jordan and myself on Patreon, uh, all of the Rada Seven Parts games are going to be there. And if you become a patron, there is an RSS feed that you can plug into your podcast app that will then automatically download as I upload things, which is kind of useful. And so I have a lot of patrons that are really excited that that is a feature and they're, they're excited for that. Um, and uh, yeah, like I'm really excited. I have said this before and I'll say it again now, but this is a game that I've wanted to run for a long time and I have not run a Forgotten's Realm game. Which um, seems which is weird, me. isn't it? Like I, yeah. I my my homebrew game is kind of that, but like we started in Daggerford, and then they kind of went wherever I wanted them to go, and so we never really went to Waterdeep or Neverwinter or things like that. Um, and other other types of games, I ran a Hot Springs Island game, which is like neutral or system neutral and things like that. So this is exciting and fun to kind of like play around with these different. Um, yeah, these different things. Uh, or play around in the Forgotten Realms in general, even though Rod of the Seven Parts is a Greyhawk adventure, but we're we're making it work. Yeah, no, it's working. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So next episode, uh, I'm not really sure if you guys are going to stay in Neverwinter or if you're going to find where this body or this hand that had the wand, uh, that severed hand, if uh, like it, it's going to be in the woods somewhere or if you're going to try and go to the Underdark. Like, it's going to be interesting. So um, for those of you who are interested... Uh, if I can, if I can get out of baby duty, we're going to see if, if, uh, if I, if the baby will go to sleep or if I need to watch him or something. But, uh, today at some point I'm going to live stream on my main YouTube channel, uh, DM, DM prep. And we're going to prep, uh, this Wednesday's game of Rod of Seven Parts. So Ted's not allowed to watch, but no, if you guys are interested in behind the <laughs> scenes, uh, we're going to do that. It'll probably be like a 45 minute, maybe an hour long stream and, and we'll get a little bit of stuff there. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I find that it's <clears throat> having done a couple Twitch world building live streams, which I have not uploaded anywhere because I don't know where to put them. Oh, yeah. Really fit into, they're like three hours of like 
me spitballing ideas with yeah. the chat. They don't fit anywhere. Um, but it does help a lot because oh, sometimes I just feedback of I, people. Yeah. Yeah. A sounding board of people that get it. Like I try to talk to my wife about it all the time and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. And she's like, okay. And I was just like, but she's like, well, what about this? I was like, well, that, that doesn't really make sense in the scenario. But if I are, throw are it at people that listening to me, like, yeah, right. Did you not like, I just explained that. But when I explain it to people that know Dungeons and Dragons, they can be like, oh, well, what about this? And then mm -hmm. I can be like, well, how about I take that and I tweak it? And, you know, it helps a lot. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Well, Ted, uh, anything you want to plug before we leave? Anything going on that you want to talk about? Um, well, uh, I'll just tell all of you. Uh, we recently broke 20,000 subscribers on Twitch, which is crazy on because... YouTube. Sorry, on YouTube. There you go. We're going to break 5,000 on Twitch, though. What? A little, a little while, but anyway, I'm sorry on YouTube, um, which is crazy because that was like two months in two months. I doubled my subscriber base, yeah. which doesn't make any sense to me, but I actually have a giveaway that I'm running nice. right now till I'll throw a link in your chat here, but uh, yeah, um, you might not be able to, I, it looks like it went through. Okay. I'm not seeing it. So if it doesn't, whatever, but anyway, I'm giving away a I'll bunch of stuff. I'll put it in the doobly doo below if, uh, yeah. if people are interested in watching this. So uh yeah there is um a bunch of copies it's 31 days left on the giveaway so i gave you about a month um and it's a bunch of stuff from the folks at jetpack 7 so it's a limited edition version of the gods and goddesses redux book that they did the legendary dragons book that they did and a legendary dragons dm screen second prize is regular versions of those books in the dm screen third prize is the dm screen and all copies get a pdf version of their masters and minions book if you haven't checked out jetpack 7 they're a great third-party resource. Um, the books look fantastic. I mean, I have one right here because I just do. But like the <laughs> art, like see that? Oh yeah. See all the sketching on this? This dragon right here. See like the the runes and stuff. Oh yeah. This dragon is I forget his name, but he's something along the lines of like ah Vanadon Necroth, the Scaled Book of the Dead. The the lore behind him is every time someone ever dies their name is stitched on his flesh and he's like a living representation of the, the book of the dead of everyone in the entire realm. That's awesome. Yeah. Like there's all sorts of And you of can cool take stuff. that and just plug it into your, I mean, look, you world. want your, you yeah. want your rainbow Eastern dragon. Nice. They got one. These guys are all like in the CR 25 plus, like cool. these are world shaping uh, or, or world ending creatures. Um, but then there's like a whole bunch of stuff in these books. It's really cool. Plus all you got to do is just follow the Twitch channel to enter. And then everything else is, is free stuff. Nice. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Ted so much for coming out. Uh, I had a great time. This was a lot of fun. Good conversation. Yeah. Uh, really, really happy and excited to have you here. Uh, yeah, for the, yeah, excellent. Uh, you can always check this show live on YouTube Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we also are in podcast format. If you search the Saturday morning D&D show, you will find us uh, on Anchor uh, as a podcast. That is released usually Mondays. And uh, that is about it. Lucian should be back next week. And we'll talk more about the Rod of Seven Parts and uh, what he's been up to and Acquisitions Incorporated because lots of games and stuff has happened. Uh, so interesting stuff. Thank you again, guest host Ted. Uh, oh, go subscribe to Nerd Immersion. And I will oh. see all of you next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye. <laughs>
Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.